the South Carolina General Assembly passed a sextortion bill that will protect teenagers in South Carolina. We'll give you the background on why this piece of legislation is so important. And that same General Assembly is coming back on Tuesday to debate, amongst other things, Senate Bill 474 in a last-minute attempt to stop the scourge of abortion in South Carolina. Speaking of abortion, former President Donald Trump says that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis went too far in banning abortions in Florida. We'll discuss that. And Sunday was Mother's Day, which means that liberals had to lose their minds over something. We'll talk about it today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. And welcome into the show. Justin Hall with you on a Monday, recording this show at... 11.46 a.m. on Monday, May 15th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. We timestamp that because news is always breaking, and here we don't break news, we just sprain it. So we'll try to keep you updated as things develop. A couple of local stories, and then we'll get to national stories today. But the first one we want to talk about is a sextortion bill, Gavin's Law, that has just been uh, just been passed Pardon me, in the South Carolina Senate just a few days ago, unanimously, by the way, in both the House and the Senate. Let's, let's talk about what this is. This is from CNN. Gavin Guffey sent a message to his younger brother and friends in the pre-dawn hours of July 27th, short and cryptic, the heart-shaped symbol of love on a black background, and minutes later, in a hallway bathroom, a few steps from his room, the 17-year-old fatally uh, shot himself and died uh, by suicide. His father, now Representative Brandon Guffey, was at the home. He was in the midst of running for the House of Representatives, and it began a quest on trying to understand why their son uh, would do this. And a heartbreaking moment for any parent, a a moment that none of us wish to endure, and certainly Representative Guffey uh, should be commended for how he has handled this situation over the last year. And he's turned this tragic, tragic situation into seeking to help other teenagers in South Carolina. It actually is now understood that there were scammers who had coerced and and gotten uh, Brandon Guffey's son to send images of himself. Uh, this was a scam done. This is done across the country. And because of that, those pictures were sent, and then the scammers threatened to release them publicly in, in incurring significant mental harm on the individual. Sextortion is a crime that the FBI warns is increasing among underage boys Uh, These cases have gone up in the past year, federal officials said in a recent safety alert. uh, They did that in partnership with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They're contributing to an alarming rate of suicide nationwide. So here's, here's what we have. We have a young boy, a young man, who sends photos to someone he thinks is an actual person. Turns out it's scammers. The scammers are then trying to extort money on his family after his life has ended. And so Representative Guffey has worked to get this bill ushered through the House and through the Senate, and it did. It did. It passed in both. But here's the significant thing about this. In 2022, according to this article on CNN, law enforcement agencies received over 7,000 reports related to online sextortion of minors. 
Nearly half of those resulted in victims, a majority of them boys. And over a dozen of those victims died by suicide. Predators typically tricked the young male victims into believing they were talking to girls their own age, persuading them to send explicit photos and videos, and then threatened to release them if there isn't a payment of some sort made. Young people are more impulsive because they don't weigh risk and consequences the same way adults do, said Dr. Carl Fleischer, an expert in adolescent and child psychiatry. Again, we can talk about that on a different issue on a different day. Their judgment and decision-making abilities are underdeveloped because the prefrontal cortex, the executive control center of the brain, is not fully developed until the mid-20s. Guffey briefly considered quitting his role as a state representative to try and hunt down the scammers. Instead, he worked to get the job done. And what we saw is a unanimous vote in the House to pass this, followed by a standing ovation. We saw the same thing in the Senate. This bill was passed, and then the senators took time. The Senate stood at ease, and they all went back to share a, a moment with Representative Guffey, who was standing in the back of the antechamber, uh, standing in the back of the chamber a, as he watched this bill get passed. We at Palmetto Family are, are pleased that this got done. This is an important first step in this issue. This is something that I'm sure hundreds, if not thousands, of, of young people are experiencing right now in South Carolina. And what this bill does is it prosecutes folks who participate in these scams to try to exploit minors. So, on that note, we're going to continue to push for more legislation that will crack down on these issues and then the broader scope of them when it comes to the human trafficking issues as well as the, uh, the availability of pornography to young people. That's going to become a major focus of ours over the course of the next year as we gear up for the next half of the legislative session in the spring of 2024. We're going to be working to make sure that as many children as possible are kept above the fray and kept above the morass that comes with overtly sexual content and explicit material. I'm not saying that those cause these. This is going to become a major focus of a, for us here at Palmetto Family, and we applaud Representative Guffey, and we congratulate him on ushering this bill through the process, and we're very thankful, certainly I am, that the House of Representatives and the Senate have moved so quickly to get this done and send it to the governor's desk, and I am sure that the governor will sign it into law. Speaking of the General Assembly, special session begins tomorrow, Tuesday, May the 16th at noon. The House is set to take up Senate Bill 474. Democrats in the House have proposed a 1,000 amendments to the bill. The governor on Friday called the legislators back. He called, Executive order brought, is bringing them back on May the 16th. They, the, the House has rewritten... The Senate bill already, they did that in Judiciary Committee. They, they added some language. They took some language away to make it more palatable for the House and to try to pass constitutional muster. So they've already made some changes. So this bill's already going to go back to the Senate for concurrence. 
The big thing tomorrow will be watching as amendments come to the floor. We already know that Speaker Merle Smith has said they will not be taking breaks. We will stay until the job gets done when it comes to this bill. So they're staying in. That's statesmanship. They're staying in. They're going to get this bill done. When it crosses over to back to the Senate, it can be walked right over and they can vote up and down on concurrence. This could happen very quickly or it could happen very slowly. We will see which one it is. Make sure that you're following along with us at Palmetto Family. Make sure you are a part of our email newsletter list. Please go to our website, palmettofamily.org. You're going to want to click on the button that allows you to sign up for our email newsletter. Make sure you have the Palmetto Family Council app. We'll be sending out push notifications as the situation develops and as we see it's needed to keep you informed on what's going on during the debate tomorrow on the House floor. That's going to be very important for you to keep track of. And, of course, follow us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. That way we can update you there on social media as well. We want to make sure that you are acutely aware of what's going on in real time as it's happening tomorrow in the House. Uh, we'll be inside the chamber. We'll be up in the gallery tomorrow watching this take place. We'll be at the State House. Encourage you to join us there if you would like. Pray pray along with us while we're there. Pray for the, the special session from your home. Whatever you need to do, it's important that you pray for your legislators, pray for your representatives and your senators as they debate this Again, we've, I feel like we've said this ad nauseum at this point, this vital piece of legislation, this vital issue to keep South Carolina a place where life is cherished. I mean, good gracious, folks. South Carolina with one, with one veto-proof majority or two veto-proof majorities in New North Carolina overriding Governor Roy Cooper's veto over the weekend, South Carolina will unequivocally be the abortion vacation destination in South Carolina unless something gets done. So we'll be monitoring the special session of the House of Representatives and the Senate tomorrow, May the 16th. that begins at noon. So make sure you're connected with us on social media, on our newsletter, and on our app. Speaking of heartbeat bills, I wanted to get to this because I saw this this morning. This is from Life News. It's been published at the Daily Caller as well. Former President Donald Trump, who had a CNN town hall last week, and I, and I will tell you, I thought that that town hall did only good things for the former president. I thought it, it was a it was a greatest hits list. It was on CNN. I, I I thought it did him well to do it. But then it's like three steps forward, fourteen steps back for him right now. Former President Donald Trump is criticizing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Trump says that the six week abortion ban that DeSantis signed, that's basically a heartbeat bill is potentially, quote, too harsh. Now, Governor DeSantis said this at the time he signed it into law, quote, we are proud to support life and family in the state of Florida. I applaud the legislature for passing the Heartbeat Protection Act that expands pro-life protections and provides additional resources for young mothers and families. The law would save tens of thousands of lives annually and provide $25 million in aid to women and families. Trump, this morning said that the pro-life bill is too harsh. Quote, he has to do what he has to do, Trump said when asked about Florida's six-week ban. Quote, if you look at what DeSantis did, a lot of people don't even know if he knew what he was doing, but he signed six weeks, and many people within the pro-life movement feel that that was too harsh. What? 
Now, I will tell you, on this show, multiple times, I've given him the bona fides. Donald Trump is the was the was the most impactful pro-life president that the United States of America has ever had. He nominated three justices to the Supreme Court, and those three justices were instrumental in overturning Roe v. Wade. There's no question about that. But he's now equivocating. He's he's waffling here. He's dodging the question. He's starting to squish. Donald Trump is starting to squish. For 50 years, they've been trying to get rid of Roe v. Wade. I was able to do it. Nobody else could have done that but me. Typical narcissism. And I was able to do it by nominating three excellent judges on the, of, on the justices of the Supreme Court, and I was able to do that. I, 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 I. Narcissism. Egotistic. I'm looking at all alternatives. I'm looking at many alternatives. When at, added, when asked if six weeks was too harsh, but I was able to get us to the table by terminating Roe v. Wade. That's the most important thing that's ever happened for the pro-life movement. So you're trumpeting overturning Roe, but then you're saying that the bill signed that protects life in Florida is too harsh. See, what you're doing, Mr. President, is you are trying to have your cake and you're trying to eat it too. You're trying to say, well, I did a very good thing on the pro-life movement, but this governor who did something really good on the pro-life movement, well, he went too far. But he could because I did this. You see the problem here? Trump met with pro-life leaders last week and pledged to govern pro-life if elected again to another term. SBA Pro-Life America President Marjorie uh, Dannenfelser and Tony Perkins, the president of the Family Research Council, both met with Trump at his Florida home, and Dannenfelser described it as a terrific meeting. During the meeting, President Trump reiterated his opposition to the extreme Democratic position of abortion on demand up until the moment of birth, paid for by taxpayers, and in even some cases after the child is born. President Trump believes such a position is unworthy of a great nation and believes the American people will rebel against such a radical position that aligns us with China and North Korea. Here's the problem. President Trump knows the vast majority of Americans oppose brutal late-term abortions when the child can feel pain and suck their thumbs. President Trump reiterated that any federal legislation protecting these children would need to include the exceptions for life of the mother and cases of rape and incest. Protecting unborn children capable of feeling pain would align America with the civilized world and with 47 of 50 European Nations. Now, this meeting came after the SBA group said that his comments about abortion being a state-level issue was, quote, unacceptable. He's trying to split, no pun intended, President Trump is trying to split the baby. Because, I just want to point this out, Donald Trump's own pollster said this on Twitter on April the 11th. Sadly, under DeSantis's leadership, Florida has become the abortion destination state of the South. Hopefully, he does something about this. Protect life! Exclamation point. So he did, and now it's a bad thing. It's not smart. Listen, I here here's my own thing. Um, you either are pro life or you are not, and. If something is politically feasible, you do it. You support it. Even if something isn't politically feasible, for for the most part, I think you should. But if it's something is politically feasible, you do it. Ron DeSantis, as governor, has changed the makeup of Florida. It is no longer purple. It is red. The legislature was able to pass a heartbeat bill. The governor signed it. 
protecting tens of thousands of lives. Now moving Florida in line with places like Georgia and Tennessee, and Alabama and Mississippi and Kentucky. And maybe South Carolina by the end of the week. But the former president, who says he's pro-life because he nominated three justices to the Supreme Court and then they overturned Roe, says that's too harsh. So I'm going to upset a lot of people who listen to this show and who watch this show when I tell you this. Donald Trump is becoming a squish on abortion. Like, I'm okay with you having the opinion that, you know, that's really good for Ron in Florida. Great job. That's the beauty of the Dobbs decision. It brought it to a state level. Federally, we'll see what we can get done. I want the strictest abortion laws possible to restrict access to abortion nationwide. That, that's, that's a good response. That is a proper response by someone who's trying to run for president because you don't want to promise the moon and then give people nothing. You, be calculated. But understand, Donald Trump right now with, with, with these polling numbers, he's, he's now shooting off at the hip and feels like he can do no wrong. Conservative voters in Iowa and South Carolina need to pay attention to statements like this. I don't believe we need to have a president who is a squish on abortion. I don't believe that's a smart thing. I don't believe that's a wise thing for the country. Economy is important. Foreign diplomacy is important. Keeping us out of war is important. All of that's important. But if you cannot stand up for the sanctity of unborn life, what can I say to you? And what are we going to do? So let, we'll, we'll keep monitoring this because I believe conservatives in Iowa <laughs> will have something to say if Donald Trump doesn't change on this. But I've got a feeling he will and will tell us he never said this. Last thing today, as we have a quick show for a Monday, the state newspaper ran an op-ed this weekend on Sunday about Mother's Day. Nicole Russell, great follow on Twitter. I follow her on Twitter. She's a great follow. Nicole Russell on this national op-ed that ran in the state newspaper. Title, unsure about motherhood? Women should have kids early, and a lot of them. Here's why. It's an opinion piece. Mother's Day can be as complicated as motherhood itself, from navigating complex emotions to deciding whether or not to have kids to adjusting to each season of child-rearing. For most women, it's a mistake to think a career will be more satisfying. If she's in a happy marriage, she should have as many kids as possible, starting in her 20s and never regret it, embracing all the mixed emotions as it goes. She sees the point here. Women have more choice than ever before about whether and when to have kids thanks to contraception and the feminist movement that opened up the workforce to women. As a result, young women have become overwhelmingly chosen not to have kids or delay having kids. The birth rate has plummeted in recent years. Between 1976 and 2018, the mean number of children ever born per woman declined from three to two. More women, more American women in their 20s, are delaying motherhood, especially if they live in an area where the economy is doing great. The New York Times has called this a, quote, profound change in motherhood. Foregoing babies to focus on career is not a new concept, but one that originated from the second-wave feminism, which began in the 1960s, and encouraged women to get out of the house and work. So they did. Now women outnumber men in the, work, in the college-educated workforce. There are two important caveats, Nicole Russell says. If a woman truly wants to have a career of her children, she certainly can and should. If a woman truly doesn't want to have kids, she shouldn't. A bitter mother is not a good mother. But a plethora of women in between aren't sure they want to have kids or they do but aren't sure about timing. These are the women who must know the value of having children, a lot of children, in their 20s if possible. 
Many women regret not having kids, but few women regret having them. To these, I say, have babies and embrace the mixed emotions. What Nicole Russell is saying here is not antiquated. It's not insane. It's if you want to have children, have children. You know, this is the Christian worldview and and really the Judeo-Christian worldview that gets laughed at right now. Because what it does is it distinctively notes the difference between men and women. And for some women, I, I want to cede the point here now, that there are some women who are unable to have children. This is not directed at women who are unable to have children. Okay? What the writer here is saying is that if you want to have children and if you're able to have children, you should have children. If you're able to have children and you aren't sure if you want to have children, you should have children. If you don't want to have children, don't have children. That's your prerogative. That's the, that's the version of your free will. It's interesting that King Solomon in Proverbs 31 says, uh, the righteous woman, her children will rise up and call her blessed. It's interesting to note that in the Proverbs, it says that a man who is married and has children is like adding arrows to his quiver. Children are a good blessing from the Lord. This is the Judeo-Christian value system that, we, that we've always understood. And it's not that women should be barefoot in the kitchen making a sandwich and having babies. The point that the writer is making here is that if you want to have children while there are mixed emotions, there should that the mixed emotions should never be the reason why you don't have children. Because the value of having children, not only do you get to rear the next generation, not only do you get to teach your child, you get to watch them grow. Ask any mother. There are few joys comparable to watching your child grow. These are good things. These are good things. But, of course, in a culture of death, that typically is frowned upon. So the state newspaper tweets this yesterday at uh, 1 o'clock. Sorry, they tweeted this on Saturday at 1 o'clock, going into Mother's Day. The, the tweet was, mixed feelings are understandable, but a career can't compete with raising kids. 100% true, by the way. 100% true. Ask anybody. Ask anyone who is a parent. There is probably a great deal more joy in coming home to your children and them telling you the same story they've told you a thousand times than it is punching numbers into a computer. Or even if you have a job you enjoy. If you have children, you're probably going to find more joy in the children. Do you know why? Because you are made in the image of God and he takes great joy in his children. Now, of course, this spark just... (laughs) boy sparked a lot of Twitter outrage. There are, let's see, uh, Manny Matney from Murder All Murders podcast fame. How about women should do whatever makes them feel happy and whole because life is hard enough? Again, I take you to the peace. There are two important caveats. If a woman truly wants to have a career of her children, she certainly can and should. If a woman truly doesn't want to have kids, she shouldn't. So where are we going with that? Fire the people who wrote this and the ones who signed off on it. What in the 1950s Stepford Wives is this nonsense? Did you talk to any women with careers for this article? I can't read you the whole article. I don't know what this article actually says, but I'm not paying to read it. But the preview has me raising my eyebrows. 
well, then if you can't read it, then why are you talking about it? Uh, comparing South Carolina to The Handmaid's Tale. I always wonder if these are me thinks she don't protest too much articles. Who picks this stuff to print? It's not well written or presented, says Megan Weiss, a doctor. Someone at the state, are you serious? What century is this again? Breed women, breed workers for the bosses, breed armies. I don't under... A woman writes an article, writes an opinion piece ahead of Mother's Day saying, you know what, kids are a good thing. And if you're able to have kids and you want to have kids, you should have kids. And she's the problem? When society stops valuing children and, then, and, and having more children, I'm just going to let you in on a little secret, the society will cease to exist. Life is not all about you. Life is not about your happiness. That's something that needs to be said. Life is not all about your happiness. It never has been, and it never will be. And life isn't all about having children either. We can agree on that. I mean, for those who have a Christian Judeo worldview, and specifically for those of us who are Christians, I think it's important to say that your most important relationship is not going to be with your children. Your most important relationship is not going to be with your husband or your wife. The most important relationship you can have is with your Creator and with your Savior, Jesus. That's the most important relationship you can have. But out of that perfect and good relationship will flow perfect and good relationships. Only, only now in 2023 and only in America can we turn Mother's Day into a gripe fest as to why women shouldn't have children on Mother's Day. That's where we are. That's where we are. I think it's important, it's an important piece to note that even the idea of floating around that you should have more children is suddenly archaic and wrong. And I think it's a precursor to what we'll see society devolve into over the next 10 to 15 years if we're not careful. That's all the time we have for you today. Again, special session debate starts tomorrow, Tuesday, May 16th at noon. Follow along with us on our email newsletter, on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Palmetto Family Council app. Download that and you can get the push notifications there. A lot of news will break over the next several days, and we want to make sure you are dialed in and plugged in to what's going on here in the state of South Carolina as it relates to the life debate and plenty of other issues they're going to be debating during this special session. But again, that's all the time we have for you today. Appreciate you joining us on this Monday edition of the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in South Carolina. I'm Justin Hall. Until next time, have a great day, everyone.